Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. School of Humans. Hello one, hello all. Welcome to this week's episode of Cadaver Gals, the podcast where we talk about all the crazy, silly ways people have died throughout history. Um, we tell ourselves it's to cope with our own mortality, but really I think we're just fear mongers, but it's okay. Yay. I'm your host, Taylor, along with Nika. Hi. And Gabby. Hello. And today, we're going to talk about a hot Venetian war commander who lost his skin and the Black Death. So, uh, this is actually a pretty gory episode, so I must warn you. Trigger warnings include, but not limited to, flaying, lashing, torture, and plagues. Cue the music. Okay, welcome back, Cadaver Pals. Gabby, would you like to start us off and take us on a journey? Oh, I do want to take everyone on a journey of my multi-level marketing plan that I'm now going to pitch to you. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. (laughs) I'm not cool enough to... I've never been asked to be part of a multi-level marketing scheme. I feel left out. That means you're not a sheeple. Oh, but I guess I'll I want to be asked, you. though. I'll, okay, thank you. I'll make up my own and I'll invite you both. Okay, great. All right. Well, we're going to go back to 
the 16th century. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, this is like, you know, if think of previous episodes of Cadaver Gals, they were doing the rat torture in the Netherlands or whatever. So let's like be in that period, you know? We're like, they're doing gross shit. Anyway, so this is about Marco Antonio Bragadin, and he was a celebrated Venetian war commander. And mm. he was like, a, you know, they called him like a sexy late 40-something with, as historians call it, with a heavy beard. So, Ooh, you know... I'll never forget, I was traveling with my brother once, and I walked by this guy on a plane, and I looked at my brother, and I go, that guy's hot. And my brother looked at me, pain in his eyes, and he goes, damn, you really do have daddy issues, because the guy was like, you know, a daddy. Rough and rumble daddy, yeah, clearly <laughs> grizzly beard, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'd probably be into this Venetian commander. Yeah, you probably would be. I actually know you probably wouldn't because he was like a heavy patriot and he like was took things very like seriously and he was very grave, as they say back oh. then. Mm. So I don't know. I don't think he'd be that much fun, though. He could be kind of the 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 push to your pool or the whatever yeah. the opposite sort of. Not um, mad. Yeah. I mean, also, he was a war commander. He was a senator. He was also a lawyer. Super well-rounded. Oh, Good for him. So ambitious. Yeah, look at him go. Um, though maybe jobs were easier back then. I don't know. So at this time in like 1571, when this story is set, there is a big ass conflict amongst the European Christian powers and then the Muslim Ottoman Empire. Like the Ottoman Empire was rapidly expanding their empire, you know, and there's lots of battles for control at this time of the Mediterranean Sea. They're like, everybody wants some of that sea water, right? And so the Republic of Venice controlled Cyprus and the Ottomans were determined to take it over so that they could be the ultimate rulers of the sea. I mean, that's what I'm always saying. You got to get Cyprus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there was like this big Ottoman army. It was under the mega Christian hater Lala Mustafa Pasha. Um, oh, and what okay. they did. What? <laughs> Lala Mustafa Pasha. I mean, Pasha is just the name of like, it's just like, like the title of like a commander. I'm sorry, but his first name was Lala? Yeah. I mean, maybe in Ottoman that's pronounced differently. But no, I love it. I Ottoman's just... like a dead language, so I couldn't, I wouldn't know. Okay. Actually, I don't know you know if they're speaking Ottoman at this point. Um, <laughs> fact check us. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so what they did, they're like, okay, we're going to go attack the capital of Cyprus. And they killed this other Venetian war commander. And they sent his head, that guy's head, over to Bragadin being like, ha, 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 we got your boy. And um, I love when they send a head. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Cut yeah, the head I off, love put it in a baggie to go. Yeah, to yeah, go yeah. Box. I want to hope, I just really hope they like catapulted it or like, I wonder what kind of like packaging, like I wonder how many stamps you need for a head, right? Also, is it like a square box? Is it a round box? Is it like a a, A round box? There's definitely not a round box. A round box. Wow. They don't even put pizzas in round boxes. Okay. I meant like a baggie or like a round bag or something. (laughs) Oh, that's like that. Does it need ventilation? We don't know. Like that Flat Earth Society quote. I don't know if it was real, but it was like, we have flat earthers all around the globe or something. And it's just like, <laughs> no, so funny. no. You're silly. You just anyway. debunked your own thing. Okay. Yeah. So Bragadin's at this place in Cyprus that's like on the, the eastern side of it, like on the coast that's called Famagusta, which is such a fun name. Ooh, the names okay. in this story are amazing. 
Lala, Famagusta, Marco Antonio, you know, we got all sorts of characters. But anyway, so he's there, and it's like the last stronghold on Cyprus, so the Ottomans are going to come get him, right? First, the Ottomans come, and they're just like, Bragadin, haha, you should just fucking surrender, dude, because they have all these, like, dead bodies and also live prisoners that they're just, like, parading around the gates of the city, being like, ha, 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 we have all these things, and we're so strong and powerful. But then Bragadin was like, shut the fuck up, I have, rule- I have like, direct orders from the up above people not god but like higher up in the military being like hey you may not surrender you got to keep cyprus we got to be rulers of the mediterranean sea bro so he was very determined but then a huge battle ensues for like months the ottomans attack by land and sea cut off any resources and they're also like digging tunnels under the city and putting explosives under their walls and then the other Christian powers that are kind of in continental Europe are like, hey, we're going to come help you. But they like couldn't get their shit together. They were just like the Christians were infighting too between like the Spanish people and the Habsburgs and the Romans. And it was just like they were having they were having a hard time organizing by the Romans. I so mean, messy. the Pope. Yeah, right. It was like, yeah, the Christians were messy at this point, honestly. And then at one point, Mustafa is like, hey, bro, like you're doing really badly. So I'm going to offer like you can surrender now if you want to. Um, Like you guys can go like I'll even let y'all leave the city and like go do your own thing. Very generous. Yeah, that's very nice of him. But Bragadin's like, dude, I can't do that. I have to defend the city to honor Venice. Like look at my heavy beard. Do you think I'm just fucking around? Obviously not. Yeah, and then, like, all the people in Famagusta are like, what the fuck, Bragadin? Like, we need you to give up because we've already eaten all the food. There's, like, not even cats left to eat, so... I hate when they take away the resources while things are under siege. It's so inhumanitarian. Inhumanitarian. <laughs> yes. And inhumane. That's what it is. It's not... It's inhumane. Also, yeah. it makes me think, my cat Jimbo's right here, and he's... I, here's the thing. I don't want to eat Jimbo. No. Mostly because he's not, he doesn't have any lean meats. He's just all fat. So I need to get right. him on the treadmill in case there is a siege on the, the city of Atlanta, Georgia. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's not out of the question. Wait, it's, do you know something that I don't know, know Taylor? Oh, no, no. I, okay. No, I'm just fear-mongering. Okay, good. Um, mm, anyway. Little mongoose. Bragadin, maybe he was a cat person. He was like, okay, you're right. We did eat all the cats. We have no more food. Everyone's dead, basically. So let's surrender. Why not? So then they go and deliver a letter to the Pasha, to Mustafa Pasha. And they're like, bro, we surrender. And he's like, need a burrito. Y'all can get the fuck out and go to Crete. Okay, like, that's fine. You guys can go. And so a lot of the, the, the Venetians and Christians, they start. Also, here's the thing. I don't think we really need to be on Bragadin's side because they were also occupying Cyprus, which was like a Greek state or something at some point and basically they enslaved all the grecians so like you don't have to feel bad for him like and the ottomans were yeah and the ottomans were coming in being like hey i mean the ottomans were like a rough crowd sometimes like they would they had a lot of like interesting violence in their own interesting form of slavery but they they were like hey greeks you can just like do your own thing now and like own land and stuff if we take over so like maybe that would have been good but also it probably would have been weird too like no one no empire was really doing the best job in terms of like human rights and stuff but anyway so they're gonna go surrender and the pasha's like yeah bro that's chill um but then bragan goes over like he actually leaves the city with his like crew of boys he has like 300 soldiers with him and they're going up to mustafa pasha's tent 
and to give him to officially surrender. And also, I thought this was really funny to like literally give him the keys to the city, you know, just like, <laughs> here's Love the key that. to the gate, you know, even though they had blown through the walls. So I don't really feel like they needed the key as much. <laughs> they could have like put their own locks on, you know, it's Ancient like their thing. people loved symbolism. I was going to say, it's a like, metaphor. Exactly. And they yeah. loved giving objects in order, and like having the objects have meaning. Yeah. So like the literal keys to the city. So at first it seems like chill, like Bragadin goes in there and he like kisses Mustafa's ring and stuff, which is probably like degrading to him or whatever, but he did it. But then it seems quite civil, but then the meeting just goes off the fucking rails. Like Mustafa is about to get super down and dirty. It's going to be like, and no one really knows why he did it. It might be because he was like annoyed at Bragadin because Bragadin could have like surrendered earlier and then the Ottomans wouldn't have lost as many people as they did. And like also they're like maybe Bragadin might have killed some like Muslim prisoners after they had already signed the surrender so idk but he's the pasha is really mad and first thing that he does he orders his soldiers to go and kill all of bragadin's boys who he had brought with him like those 300 dudes so what they do they go out there they behead all these dudes uh, all of bragadin's dudes and bragadin's like what the fuck's happening and they're like hey bro we fucking hate your guts and what they do with bragadin is instead of killing him right then they're like hey let's have some fun with it with what they do is they cut off his ears and his nose oh okay which is double insulting because apparently that's a punishment for like a common criminal oh Heaven forbid. And wow. he's a fancy boy. He's got a heavy beard and a grave expression. He wants the fancy punishment, not the common punishment. Yeah, and that's what he got. But they beheaded all of his boys who had brought with him, and then they stacked up their heads outside of the Pasha's tent. So a cool, like, insider Instagram, you know, style idea is just like... like a head mural. Yeah, like a head mural. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really beautiful, you know, yeah. very nice, very good touch. Um, <laughs> and then what they do after they cut off Bragadin's ears and nose... Which, ouch. Can you, like, your nose yeah. being cut Big off? Ouch. Big also, ouch. You, you probably... I just feel like, does your brain leak out of your face if you cut your nose off? Probably not. That's not what your brain is. But it just... I feel like it holds things together, right? It's, people it's can the be center noseless. of your face. People can be noseless, though, because, like, people who had really bad syphilis back in the day also would lose their noses and... They were fine, and they would actually walk around with gold noses. We've talked about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. They did. Tycho Brakey, right? Tycho. Exactly. Some, I so think that's who it was. I don't think it's necessarily Brahe. healthy to be without a nose, but it is possible. Probably not long term, though. Gabby, we are wondering if it's just the tippity-whippity or, <laughs> or with just like lopping, you know, because there's like cartilage on the end, but then there's like bone. So are- Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much of the nose it was. Okay. All right. That's okay. You know, because let's just say that the, the Ottoman and the Venetian sources greatly differ on what happened. So they might have had different parts of the nose defined. I don't know. But anyway, after they do that to him, they're like, hey, let's hum- humiliate you more. So what they do is they literally turn him into an ass. They like... They give him one of those like bridles that like donkeys and mules have. And then they put like two buckets on the side of it filled with dirt. And he has to go around like the Ottoman encampment and everyone. And look at this. They all yell at him being like, ha ha, you have to convert to Islam. And he's like, I will not convert to Islam. Torture my body, but not my soul. 
How oh my god, mortifying for him. Oh, poor boy, poor boy. <laughs> also, like he can't hear at this point. His nose is off. Well, it's when not like they said- cut off his ear holes. He can still hear. Yeah, he can still oh, hear. Just okay. like it's probably hearing maybe hurts a little bit or something. Probably. You know, they didn't like oh. scoop it out. You know. Oh, oh. ew. Oh, that's what? Not nice. That's nasty. Also, I will say when you said turned him into an ass, I honestly, Gabby, thought you chose another magical story, no. and I was about to be like. <laughs> Gabby, that's not real. So he's being paraded around and stuff. And then every time he passes by Mustafa Pasha's tent, he has to like prostrate himself and kiss the ground. And how embarrassing. And then he has to eat some of the dirt that's in his buckets, which, you know, could be nice because it takes less weight off your shoulders. You just eat the dirt. Um, But meanwhile, you know, they've loaded all these like Christians and the Venetian people onto boats and they're about to like skedaddle to Crete. And they don't really know what's going on, but then at this point, the Ottoman soldiers come over and like start killing all of them on the boats. And the ones they don't kill, they're like, "Hey, we'll just enslave you." And then they start hang- and they hang them up from chains and kind of the, like the uh, like the prison part of their boats, jail, jail boat, their <laughs> boat jail. Got it. And then they're like, "Okay, Braggadin, let's go do something else fun." This is like he has a cool like torture itinerary. So after he's going in like the Ottoman encampment, they bring him over to the boats. And what they do is they they chain him up to, like, the masthead of the boat, you know, kind of like a sexy mermaid or whatever. And then after that, they get bored of that, I guess. So they, like, chain him to a chair with a string on him, and they keep dunking him in the sea. Mm. And then, you know, you get bored of that, so you have to do something else. So then he they were like, okay, what we're going to do now, we're going to take you to the town square and... Um, at this point, you know, he's not doing so well. Like the dunk, the sea dunking, he's not being dragged so around, yeah. the mutilation. He's not feeling that great. So they take him to the town square and they had already converted the church into a mosque. So swift. And they find a butcher and they're like, hey, butcher, sharpen your knives. We, we, we got a task for you. And he's like, OK, let me sharpen them up. And there's like a like a whipping post that, you know, just like a quaint whipping post in the middle of the square that I guess you just used to have, you know, just like a public whipping, right. you know, fun, fun and game sort of thing. But they tie him to that, but they tie him to that with his feet first. So he's hanging upside down and they get the butcher to come over and they're like, okay, now flay the fuck out of this dude. Ew. So they just, he, then he takes his knife and he starts skinning him. Okay. Brag again. Uh- the butcher Wait, does. No, uh, no, 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 no. Yes, he does. <laughs> Wait, when you say skinning, do you mean like skinning, like while, like while he's being flogged, or do you mean skinning as in grabbing the knife and actually skinning him? Grabbing the knife and actually skinning him. I don't know if they actually whipped him on the whipping post. That was just sort of the thing that they used to hang hang him up. It was a torture post. It was oh a torture post. All inclusive torture post. Yeah. So, yeah, no, they literally skin him, starting with his feet. But they also are like, hey, man, we want you to do a good job skinning him so we can have, like, the full skin sort of, like, intact. Like, not strips. You know, we want, like, big sections of the dude. Why? What were they going to do with it? Something fun and flirty. But reports do say at this point, Braggadin does die. um, And they say before they reached his navel, which begs the question, would you rather be skinned feet first or head first? That begs the question. It begs. The question is begging. It's begging. Be it's begging. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think feet first is probably best. Yeah, same. So anyway, what is an easy would you rather? Okay. <laughs> is it? It's an easy one. <laughs> I wait, Whatever was going to kill me first is what I would want probably. Okay. So what do you know what they did with the skin? 
Oh, yeah. So the next day they have the skin and what they do is they stuff it full of straw and they sew it back together. So he's like a little skin suit straw man. And then they put the straw man on top of a cow. How embarrassing. And then they put his little outfit on his little Venetian Republic senator outfit on and the, the outfit included a little parasol, apparently, and then they like. No, made... Gabby, you're lying. No, Gabby, I'm not. I'm this is not so lying. actually <laughs> happened. This actually happened in history. Yes, yes this actually happened. And then they put them, <laughs> <laughs> and then they take the cow and they parade it around like the city, being like, "We won." Anyway, after they do that, eventually the Ottomans set out to sea to go back to like the Golden Horn to go back to Constantinople or Istanbul, whatever it's called at this point, and they hang his skin up on their like flag posts. So they kind of like hang up little straw skin suit man on as like a flag on their boat. That's disgusting. I yes. mean, all of this is disgusting, but yes, yes. So they do that. Love to visualize it. I imagine, I wonder if there's like those few like Ottoman soldiers who are like, bro, this is like kind of gross. Like, do we have to have his little skin suits flapping in the wind? Right? Like, do Can we you imagine the smell? Can you imagine the sound of the skin flapping but... in the wind? Well, the smell's probably fine because at this point in the sun, like his skin is like leathering. So Dry it's like out, being yeah. tanned and stuff. So it's like that part, like the body would I probably do love smell the bad. the smell of leather. Yeah. And a nice like leather bound books a la like Anchorman. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he didn't get a burial, did he? No, I don't know what happened to the body, but it's kind of funny as they were leaving. Not funny. It's just kind of like this them killing Bragadin was supposed to be like, haha, we're so victorious. But actually, that is kind of what united the Christian powers because, you know, they were like infighting and shit. But they're literally like some of the Christian powers were like in boats in which they were like massacring each other because they hated each other. But then they got there's this other boat that had left Cyprus to give the news to the Republic of Venice of what happened. And they intercepted that boat and they told them and they're like, shit, they killed our boy Bragadin. OK, like who needs this infighting? Let's go like kill the Ottomans. So that actually then led them to successfully leading a battle in which they did then defeat the Ottomans. But then the Ottomans a few years later did take Cyprus over officially. So, you know. It kind of united Europe. Nothing brings people together like a common enemy. Yeah. Anyway, and what happened was they brought the skin suit to uh, Constantinople. And but then they think a few years later in like maybe 1580, someone snuck into where the skin suit was being kept and they stole it (gasps) and they brought it back to the Republic of Venice and there and they said it was as smooth as silk. Oh, the skin suit. And now it currently, allegedly, they had built a kind of like a nice monument to Bragadin inside the Church of St. John and St. Paul in Venice. And apparently that is, they have like a vessel in which the skin suit still sits. Wow. You can't see it. So who knows if it's actually there, but. I want to see it. Yeah, we should go. Excuse me, we're investigative reporters (laughs) and we need to see the skin suit. Anyway, that is the story of Marco Antonio Bragadin, who is considered a great war hero. And, you know, he had a good beard. The end. Wow. Thank you, Gabby. That was fantastic. I feel um, traumatized now. Excellent. Great. A guarantee on cadaver gals. We'll be right back. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. Okay, welcome back, everyone. I know after hearing Gabby's wonderful story, I know what you're all thinking. What would it be like to be skinned alive? Yes. Not what came to my brain, but okay. I bet it's really fun. I Yeah, so it, it sucks, basically. <laughs> it's bad. 
Does it? What? No. Begs the question. (laughs) Begs the question. Does it hurt? Yes. Okay. So first (laughs) of all, flaying went on the rise in the lucky year of 9-11 BC. Oh. Lucky, lucky year. It was a practice that was seen pretty much everywhere, all around the world. But it wasn't the most common form of torture, but it was mostly used for the treasonous bastards in medieval Europe. And they were they were more about like flaying sections to get like information, you know, from people. Whereas in like China, for example, they would maybe only just like remove the face. But so, oh no, hold up, hold hold, remove the face, skin the face, skin remove the it, face, take it off. Yeah, yeah. So okay, okay. Here's the part of body, my body. I'd want them to flay, maybe like my thighs. Oh, because I could h- hide those with a pant. Oh the my pant. god, the pa- but then it would probably hurt to have a pant on them. Yeah, but you could wear Absolutely. a skirt or a dress. Because Gabby Ew. loves uh, skirts and dresses. I don't, I don't wear that sort of outfit, Taylor. <laughs> okay, so are you curious now about the technique? Yes. I'm so curious. Okay, so this is perhaps even just as bad, or not worse. It's definitely not worse. But um, in order to make the skinning easier. They would often set you in boiling water. Or, That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Or they would strap you, they would like keep you outside in the sun for hours. So you're basically, they're cooking their victims first, which makes the skin a little bit easier to peel, which mm. an aggressive sunburn is bad, but being boiled alive and then just like cooked before, it's just like the beginning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like one time I had a really bad sunburn and then I got a massage because I'm an idiot and it hurts <laughs> so bad. Oh my gosh. Well, like I was making salmon this week and I didn't realize that you could take the skin off after like you, I don't know, fry, grill, whatever, bake it. The skin just comes off so easily once it's done. Yeah. But like when it's raw, it's really hard to take off. So I understand why they would do that. Yeah. So... And, you know, people love a good, like, this might be, like, the first, you know how people really enjoy, like, seeing and, like, doing those, like, satisfying peels from, like, technology and whatnot. Even, like, if you, some people like to peel their own skin from when they're sunburned and stuff. I'm not saying I do that, but. <laughs> um, so, anyway. Some people eat it. Some people peel and okay, eat it. Okay, okay. We're not going there. That's disgusting. But, you know, peeling. Hey, it's not disgusting if you have a problem. It's fine. Or I was just thinking Austin Powers and Goldmember as the skin eating. Mm. Okay. So after they cook you first, they're like next steps. They start with like longer scores or like slashes, you know, Mm. freeze. So they also they would either start with like the face or the feet. But of course, it was most important to get the largest sections because the idea, once you've been, you finish skinning them, is so that you can display the skin real nice and pretty somewhere. Oh, good. So it's like an aesthetic procedure. Yes, exactly. So once they begin the peel, they're essentially ripping and tearing your nerves. As we know, all of your nerves are like the little messengers that tell our brain that there's pain. So your brain is like, oh, shooters, that sick. really hurts. Oh, shooters. Oh, shooters. And I stole that from People pass out, right? People black out. Well, yeah. you. That's like best case scenario. Okay, good. Right? Best case scenario, you die like quick, like from shock or you pass out. 
because you are feeling literally everything. And also best best case scenario, better case scenario, they did sharpen their knives because otherwise it is far more like ripping and tearing because if you have like Ah. a, you know, so, so you got to hope for a sharp knife and you got to hope for that pass out. Most of them would pass out at least by the time they like got to their waist, which is still too, that's halfway, you know, like too much, that's too much. much. Either way you go. Obviously there's also a lot of blood loss going on. And as Gabby said, sometimes they're hung upside down. So think about this for a second. Say they're going feet first and you're being hung upside down, right? All of that Mm -hmm. blood is rushing down your body. You can feel it. You just feel the blood, like you feel your skin being peeled off. You feel the skin or the blood like running down your skin and like dripping down off of your face. So you're like more or less choking in your own blood. Awful. Ah. Oh my God. I told you this is really gory. And so. um, What's gory about your skin getting peeled off? Okay. So. So yeah, that's also disgusting. And then we can also just assume at this time they didn't really understand like what bacteria was and that it was a bad thing. So let's just assume that they're not in a very sterile environment. So like you're getting infected, like you're like all of this is happening left and right at this getting end. infected. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So some have even survived the full fling. Oh no! But that sucks. You will die. From infection afterwards, like after a day or so. You're going to look like that fucking bodies exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Walking around bodies looking like a muscle man. Bitch. Yeah. So, yeah. so really, like, there, I wouldn't even wish this on, like, my greatest enemy, you know? I like, would. No, I'm just kidding. I, well, then you need to be sure that Go you're to therapy. in therapy. Yes, exactly. This is really making me rethink the things that I say in bed because many times I'll say something like, I want to wear your skin. And now that I know what the process is, I don't know if that's sexy. No. Yeah, I don't know if casually, casually wearing somebody's skin is. Nika. I mean, Nika, it's fine. You can say it's a fantasy. Like in your fantasy, you can flay people and then put their skin back on and that's fine. And it's not painful. It's like yeah. fun. It's not that I want to cause pain. That's not it. I just want to wear. <laughs> just make sure make sure you give them antibiotics as you're wearing their skin. Make sure you're That's in just, a sterile environment, yeah. Yeah, okay. just say that sexily. Just like, mm, Thanks, guys. Antibiotics. Also, while <laughs> all this is going on, like your skin, you're losing your skin, right? So you get really cold. Because your oh, skin keeps I it, bet. so you get cold too. So that's so gross. Like your nerves, like need a jacket. Yeah, exactly. A little nerve jacket. <laughs> so anyway, Nika, would you like to lighten the yeah. mood with another death? I don't know how light. Actually, I'm sorry. I don't know if there's any deaths in this one. <laughs> it's okay. It's a Nika. <laughs> I'm sure there are, but we're going to a really interesting practice in the medieval times, not necessarily a death, though there was much death going on. So I think that's why it counts. Oh, it's on the backdrop of like mega death. So I think it's okay. Yeah, also, I, I feel you. like a weird ghost under my blanket. So yeah, Gabby has a blanket on and looks like you look like you're in a haunted house or something. I, I am. was thinking cave. Oh, okay. Cave Gabby. Gabby the cave woman. I'm in a uterus. It's a haunted uterus. It's a pregnancy scare. Ah, boo. (laughs) (laughs) You're so silly. Okay, so we're doing this. I thank you, Gabby, for that funny joke. Um, (laughs) We're doing this. 
We're doing this. So we all know what the flagellum is, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, like of a cell t- tail? Yeah. So I grabbed coffee actually this morning with my partner and I was like, everyone knows what a flagellum is. And they were like, um, you don't know that. Okay. The public school system in this country kind of sucks. <laughs> and I was like, everyone has to know what the flagellum is. It's the little appendage from certain cells that look like a, like a lash and they enable the cells to swim. You know, they're found in like sperm and bacteria and other cells. And and so now I want to know. I want to I want to post something on Instagram asking if everyone knows what the flagellum is, because for me, it's like, oh, I mean, everyone, if you if I look at a sperm cell, I'm not going to remember what the what the what the round part looks like and like what the name of it is. But I'm going to remember the flagellum. It's the swimming I just thing. call it the squiggly do. That's what I call it on the sperm. See, in yeah, s- the squiggly thing. In sex ed, we learn all about like the man stuff, but like nobody tells us about like what happens to a woman. But it's fine. That's true. That's true. And where's sex ed, my they flagellum? Yeah, storks. No, we don't have flagellum. Well, we might have. I don't. I actually don't know. Okay. Anyway, so. That is not the flagellum that we're going to talk about today. There was also a group this of just people. just a quiz. <laughs> yes, in the Middle Ages called flagellants, different word, and they have nothing to do with body cells and bacteria, and that's what we're going to get into today. But I just wanted to talk about sperm. So flagellants were groups of people who would whip themselves in the name of religion, and they were pretty popular back in the day. I think the first recorded self-flagellations come from Martin Luther, and other Christian leaders who would teach that spirituality should manifest in the physical form. So like there was one guy called Peter Damien and he was a Christian monk from the 11th century. So not a very fun guy. And um, (laughs) he said that only those who shared the sufferings of Christ could be saved. And therefore they had to hurt themselves so they could like hurt in the same way that Christ hurt, hurted, was hurt, hurt. Yeah. Was Um, done hurted. It makes so much sense, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> also, flagellation and flagellum are like very different words, but do they have, is there a reason they're connected? Because they have well, flat in the but beginning. But a whip would look like a, the, the flagellum. Yeah. That's oh, the connection. A, a whip is like a real life sperm. I mean, sperms are real too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> so a it's like a big, a big sperm. Of the sperm. <laughs> um, That, I don't know how we got here, but I'm going to try to reel us back in. So th- that's what you they- started it. You talked about the cells. I know. Well, <laughs> it's well, it's because I can't really say flagellant without thinking of the flagellum. So I had to bring it up because or else I know I would have brought it up at some point in the story. Just get it out of the way immediately. You know, okay. get that ADHD out of the way at the start. Schedule it. Okay. So <laughs> they they believe that that's the only way that they could be saved. And so they would hurt in the same way and do that and have other people hurt themselves as well. There are, however, other stories from ancient Rome where these eunuch priests would um, self-flagellate until they bled in this annual ritual to the goddess Cybele. I feel like I pronounced that wrong, but she was a goddess and they would usually do this while, <laughs> this is bad, while priests who were being initiated would castrate themselves. Oh, So well. you had like the priests who would castrate themselves on this day and then the other priests that had already castrated themselves and they were eunuchs would just self, self-flash, self-flash throughout the day. And it would usually land on March 24th. So if anyone feels like celebrating March 24th next year, by all means, go ahead and do that. Yes, so, yeah. let's encourage self-harm on the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 but don't. Don't it's do it. It's not self-harm if it's for God. Yeah. 
That is not true. But anyway, (laughs) so many, like, those are just some of the stories, but obviously self-flagellation and self-harm for religion has existed since, I'm sure, before ancient Roman times, and we might just not have it recorded, but those are just some sometimes. And it's still kind of popular today. Like, well, I don't know about popular, but it's still practiced today, okay? Like, some practitioners of Shia Islam still self-flagellate, and many communities, they actually do it once a year on the day of Ashura, which is an Islamic holiday. And yes, Roman Catholics also sometimes do it. It's There's like this not super secret, but kind of secret brotherhood called Los Hermanos Penitentes, which means the Penitent Brothers. They are curiously in New Mexico, (laughs) more than anything, and they practice self-flagellation in the name of Catholicism. And then Pope John Paul II actually used to self-flagellate with a belt and also sleep on, like, straw, I think. That's just... Um, Okay. Yeah. But anyways, we're going to go way, way back to when it was the most popular. Everyone was doing it. If you weren't doing it, what's up? It was during the Black Death. Yes. That's so a the- lot of death, Nika. See, people are dying in your story. <laughs> Thank you. Great job. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they, they are. So the Black Death, it's raging. It's crazy. Wow. It's the mid-14th century. People were dying, and religious zealots were like, oh, we have to do something about this. So they take the Black Death personally, as one does, <laughs> and they say, oh, it's because of our sins and of our filth. Of course. People don't have to like always relate things to themselves, you know? And yes, yet they, they do. do. Sometimes it's not about you. It's always you know, about you. No, that's actually a big <laughs> lesson that I think a lot of people learn in their 20s. It's like, it's not always about you. Like, I remember when my ex blocked me after we broke up. I took it so personally that I was like, wait, maybe I'm too beautiful. And he literally cannot handle it. Oh, and my that's gosh. why he blocked me. So it's not about me. It's not my problem. It's not a me problem. Because, anyway. like, I'm still learning this. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you said it was about me, but it was like the opposite (laughs) because you're just like too amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. So uh, these groups called flagellants came together and they began practicing this ritual like all the time, everywhere, because they were like, we need to end the Black Death and this is what's going to happen. The groups ranged from 200 to 300 people to sometimes in the thousands. And what their game plan was is they would basically roam from town to town to self-flagellate in public as penance and to bring an end to the Black Death, okay? They were like the Avengers, you know? How so- <laughs> how dramatic is that? Just like a bunch of – I just imagine it all being men, but I'm sure there were women too. But they're just like hitting themselves, you know? They're like, oh, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Like that, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Are they like doing it and they're looking at like dead staring people being like, oh, we're doing this for you? Yeah, uh, no. Literally, not. that's how they would do it. And that's actually how they would recruit a lot of their people is like they would do that and then ask people that are watching them from the towns to repent. And that's how they like suddenly gain so many numbers, basically, which is crazy. But really, they're just like having a super spreading event. Yeah. Okay. Literally. Yep, exactly. So they would arrive in a town. They would go straight to the church and the bells in the church would ring to alert the public that the, the flagellants were here. You know, <laughs> the sperm is here. So um, they'd wear hoods and no shirts and chant litanies, which actually there were women in, in this group of people as well. So I found it really interesting that they got to be shirtless as well. Um, but I think... Oh, good for them. But this is also Europe. <laughs> no, but, no, but also I was reading about it and it's like people said that was okay because they were wearing hoods. So they were like, co- their identities were covered. But still, yeah, kind of, kind of progressive. Flagellants being progressive. Wow titties out 
Yeah, exactly. But all those paintings from those those times, their titties were out all the time anyway. So maybe titties were just out. Yeah, maybe. Europe. Um, Or maybe painters are just freaks. Yeah. Well, I love reading about like um, royalty, especially like the princesses and queens who like would have dresses like fixed so their titties could be out. Just like, and they would just like walk around like that. I'm just like, okay, girl. Girl boss. (laughs) Anyway. So they would chant their litanies and then they would go outside three times a day, two times in the morning and one in the evening, and they would practice self-flagellation. The total time per day that they were whipping themselves was eight hours daily. Good Lord. They did this for 33 days straight to represent Jesus' age at crucifixion. That's a lot. Eight hours a day, it's like nine to five. Yeah, like it is a nine, nine to five. To five yeah. Just hitting myself on the back. Dolly Parton <laughs> said it first. So um, apparently flagellants could be as young as seven years old, oh. which is when, according to this sect, children's sins could be accounted for. Oh, damn. I got so many sins then. Right? <laughs> just been accumulating um, since seven? Wow. Down. Yeah. And they couldn't speak to each other and they couldn't have contact with the opposite sex and they had to avoid shaving, bathing, changing clothes, all of that. So So that seems like that would be a really great way to uh, get the black play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. They also had to sleep on straw. And I also I really want to paint the picture of the whip because it wasn't just like a sexy leather thing. You know, I think sometimes we, me, think of whips now as like the black leather BDSM whips, whatever. And that's not what they were using. They were not doing it for that particular reason. Um, they, it was a stick with three thongs, which are the long leather parts of a whip. And the thongs would have nails or iron spikes. Quite Yum. intense. Yeah. That's um, intense. Yeah, I I find it, and I also find it very interesting, like, when they were recruiting people, did they just have these whips, like, on hand, like, to give, like, okay, here you go, here's your, Maybe like, introductory had, like, whip. Maybe craft session before. Yeah, like a crafting. <laughs> crafting with my buds. Craft- or maybe they're, um, like, Jedis, where they have to, like, the Jedis have to make their own lightsabers. Maybe you have to make your own whip, like a ritual yeah. whip making. Yeah, that's Maybe. what I'm saying. They're that, like, that makes sense. You got to bring them out and be like, okay, we got to make your whips first. Here's your supplies. Here's what you do. Step one, get your stick. Get Taylor, your glue I want stick. to join your cult. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it, it was kind of intense. And the flagellants would whip themselves so hard that they would draw blood, spraying mm. crowds. Mm. And some people would think that the blood was holy because of their sacrifice. And they would put the blood on their eyes or in their bodies, believing that it had miraculous properties. So you can just imagine the picture that we're painting here. You know, they're on the town square in circle, chanting and whipping themselves. Other times, the iron spikes or nails would get stuck inside the flesh and it would take two or three tries to dislodge the whip from the body, sometimes taking chunks of flesh with it. I don't like that. I hate when flesh is described in chunks. Chunks. I hate it too, but that's why I wrote it. I hate the word chunk. Mm. It doesn't sound cute. It's just... It is cute if it's a big fat cat. Chunk? But that's... Yeah. Mm. Chunk, I guess. But not if it's flesh chunks. Mm. Oh, a little chunk. Also, I like with them being sprayed with blood. It sounds like a cool concert or something, you know, like when people are like spraying champagne bottles, but it's blood instead, you know? I, when I used to go to Catholic mass when I was 
younger and the priest would spray us with holy water i'd be like hey like all excited like <laughs> open my mouth for the holy water oh my gosh uh, anyway i thought it was so fun okay um, so <laughs> oh so okay so i know what y'all were thinking did it work yeah did it yeah. work well no so <laughs> We'll never really know because maybe maybe somehow their their prayers did work and their sacrifices did work. But what we do know is that the Black Death raged on even after the Pope proclaimed that flagellants were heretics and excommunicating them. And they didn't stop at first. They were like, we're going to keep going. But then other people in Europe started realizing that flagellants were supposed to be excommunicated and they started treating them differently and then flagellants kind of dissolved a little bit. They came back again in the 16th century a little bit, but for the most part, medieval black death flagellants kind of just like fell apart. The group fell apart. Like any good boy band, it has to fall (laughs) apart at some point. That's Um, true. Yeah. And so they kind of dissolved. And then also another reason why we don't think it worked is because some people noticed that flagellants brought the plague to towns where the plague hadn't surfaced. Super spreader events. So, Gabby said it first. Gabby said it first, exactly. And so flagellants were actually denied entry into the towns because they were like, you're carrying this disease. You're not actually helping. And so what they would do is they would wait outside of the town and basically do the self-flagelling, flogging outside of the town more. Because they were like, oh, we're so bad. We have the plague. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, that's that, so funny. Not yeah, funny, but I, it's I, just like. No, I found it very funny. I found that very, very funny, actually. It's like, bro, you're not helping. Yes, we are. No, you're literally not. I know. And then they like feel more guilty. So they do it more. Yeah. So a fun time. That's they the could story. Have just like not done it. And it, that would have been the best solution. Absolutely, yeah. Staying home and social distancing would have been the best solution. But, you know, if they didn't know it then and people barely do it now, then I don't, I think I've lost hope for humanity. Well, thank you, Nika. I'm going to talk just about that when we come back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. 
When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, welcome back. As we all know now, unfortunately, we're too familiar with plagues. And uh, people are still doing weird shit to try and fix it. But disclaimer, guys, please just do what the scientists tell you and don't do weird shit. There's a plague? What? What's happening? We're in a plague, Gabby. <laughs> Did you know that? What? We are in a plague. Isn't that crazy? We're so random. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's such a vibe, honestly. Such it's, a vibe. It's something. It's not. I hate COVID. It's killed people I love. Okay. It's terrible. Um, yeah. So... We're going to talk about the Black Death further. So this was a plague that was originated from bacteria that fleas would carry on rats. Ew. Barf, barf, barf. That's disgusting. Hate fleas. Fleas are canceled. But love rats. They're no. just doing the Lord's work. Don't, don't talk about don't talk about those things. No. You know, our listeners get no. real triggered by talking about rats. I don't like them, and actually. <laughs> I know someone who has one as a pet and a they're rat like... A or like a mouse? Or a bacteria. Or a, a flea. <laughs> the R word. Okay. And she's like, they're very intelligent and actually great pets, but I just cannot. Also, apparently they're like ridiculously clean. But then how do they get the plague? Huh? Well, the, rat? Explain to me that rat. Because this was medieval times and shit was really dirty then. They didn't know about bacteria and stuff like that. They didn't know that be- being clean was good. Okay. They didn't even like wash their hands yet. They didn't know to That's wash true. your hands. So fleas are on the rats, but they didn't know that. They were just like, all of a sudden people were getting these like welts all over their body, like predominantly in their like armpits and groin. Gross. The welts would leak pus and blood say it pus <laughs> and blood and you would also have 
flu-like symptoms, fever, chills, aches, vomit, and Nika, I will spare you the D word. So diarrhea. I got me. I spare you. I'm not. I decided. Why would you do that? I decided because I'm a bad girl. I'm gonna. (laughs) I actively decided not to bully you, Nika. (laughs) And I decided violence. Yeah. Wow, Gabby choosing violence. Nothing surprising. Thanks for ruining my day. (laughs) It's almost my season. Well, I mean, it's currently your season, though, Nika. So I guess I should enough. I know. Libra Libra season is so nice and airy and pretty. And then Scorpio season is like gremlin time. Though Scorpio season is the season where you'd wear somebody else's skin, Nika. So Yeah, well, my Scorpio best of I'm, both I'm actually, worlds. My, okay. my Mars and my Venus are in Scorpio. So I actually I love I love Scorpio energy, but Libra season is just very graceful, okay, and like pretty and Venusian. I said I wasn't gonna bully you, but you're you're taking me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to defend myself. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so as you can imagine, people have always been doing we- weird stuff to try and cure diseases, and um, like peeing on yourself. Yeah, people do all and kinds bezoars. of stuff. Exactly, and bezoars. Yeah. So there are a few d- other tactics besides lashing themselves that people would do, many of which were rubbing various herbs and roots and stuff on the boils. But they were like essentially like making their own potions. They would also drink vinegar, mercury, and even arsenic, which I'm sure you can guess how that went. They all died. Really mercury. good. Mercury like drives people crazy. Well, but also arsenic. Like people were just killing themselves. Oh, yeah. I know. No, I know that. So, <laughs> but actually one of the more popular potions is actually used today in a non-traditional like medical type practices. And it's called Four Thieves Vinegar. There's one ingredient per thief. That's why it's Four Thieves. It most commonly had like vinegar, obviously, sage, cloves, rosemary. And today it's like it's like a ba- antibacterial tonic to keep germs at bay, which is very interesting to me. Um, Does it like work? I, I mean, I don't know. No. Oh, I mean, okay. it's not like it's not bad for you, but it didn't like cure the black death. Definitely not. So, right. um, others, other people would like overheat themselves to essentially try and smoke out the disease. They, people did that with COVID too. Yeah. Well, people, but they refused to do the one thing that actually worked. So, yeah. So they'd sit by fires. Others would try bloodletting, which was actually relative was a very popular thing. So they'd put leeches on their skin to like mm-hmm. draw out the bad blood. And you guys being a leech collector during this time was quite the hot career. People were making I thought Ooh. Taylor, I literally thought you were gonna say being a leech collector myself. I was like, <laughs> What? No. You collect more than porcelain horses? What? Okay. I didn't leeches and so nice to you earlier. I no, I needed I needed to get back to you lovingly. Okay. Back at you. Did they Mm -hmm. use ivermectin back then? No. Um okay. But so what about ketamine? So no, would you quit guessing and just listen? Yeah, okay, the leeches. So they would use leeches. Okay. Other people so I so there was also like there was a, a big group of people, obviously, that decided to use religious cures. So in addition to what Nika was talking about, 
They would also use serpents, which were obviously synonymous with the devil. So they like chop up snakes and rub them on their skin to draw, quote, draw out the devil. Mm, And then others would pluck a chicken butt and rub the bare bum of a chicken on you until the chicken got sick. And then they were like, oh, well, the chicken has absorbed my sickness, which is really rude to chickens and also the snakes. Yeah. Um, wow. But you guys, the most effective stop the spread is drum roll. Are you ready? Yeah. Social distancing. <laughs> oh, wow. There the go. Black Death is literally when social distancing was invented. So as Nika kind of mentioned, like, it got to the point where, like, these were these super spreader events, people going out and, like, you know, trying to bring people in to do the lashing. And so it got to a point where they're, like, they started monitoring and they were, like, yeah, you can't come in. You were, you were sick and you were going to get us sick. They didn't understand, like, the spread of germs. They That concept wasn't there, but they understood that it had to do with, like, proximity of other people. So they yeah. figured that out. And so that's when they decided, hey – stop coming near us and you guys need to stay home so they started saying like you got to stay like they started telling people that they had to stay home some instances they would have like special areas that were just for people who were sick so they would just stay quarantined so they were literally quarantining and that's ultimately like what was reduced the spread and it came up because of the black death so it eventually it slowed down after like four-ish years so Guys, we're two down, two years down, two to go. But yeah, get, that's true. You know, but get vaccinated. Well, so there you have wow. it. You're sick. Stay home. Mm, what I find hilarious is like social distancing was such a crazy concept, like proximity. But then putting, rubbing a chicken on the welt, and then the chicken getting sick. It like that made perfect oh, sense to them. I didn't. I mean, that's how it's still like today, right? I mean, people are like social distancing is dumb, and they want to have ivermectin instead. It seems like this. Oh, I mean, yeah, no. I listen. Uh, yeah, so where people, are, historians are going to be talking about this in fifty years and be like, that was so dumb. Those and stupid then, like, people. A new plague will come up, and then it'll just the go next from there. generation of cadaver gals. They're going to be talking. Anyway, about I cut this. you off, Taylor. You had a big point. Yeah, I did have another point. So this was actually the Black Plague was essentially kind of the end of the what is called the medieval times because people were starting to realize that these quote religious cures didn't work they were like wait this isn't so they kind of like started to change their thinking they started to figure out that it's like proximity and that germs would like spread and they so this was kind of the beginning of mo- or like the end, the end of medieval times and the beginning of more modern wow. times. Kind of like how right now people are realizing that the system we're under is total bullshit. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm I mean, yeah, I'm just like What's wrong with the world, Nika? What are you talking about? <laughs> I just want to thank the flagellum of the bacteria from the black death for bringing the medieval people into the enlightened ages which is an ironic way to state that but okay thank you get yeah. Nika. you're welcome okay well do we have any closing thoughts people get vaccinated quarantine if you're sick if you're not feeling well stay home get tested don't spread don't splatter your blood yeah. on people yeah. Yeah, that too. Unless it's consensual. <laughs> Unless it's consensual. 
<laughs> you can do whatever you want as long as it's consensual. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's gory episode of Cadaver Gals. Until next week. Bye. Cadaver Gals. Cadaver Gals is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. It is hosted, written, and all that good stuff by Nika Duarte, Gabby Watts, and me, Taylor Church. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, if it's still there, at Cadaver Gals. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.